Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, September 30th, 2022. I want you to imagine that you get a letter in the mail today from a lawyer's office and you're curious, what in the world are they writing to me about? And so you open the letter and the letter informs you that this attorney is reaching out to you as a representative of a relative of yours who has recently passed away. And you didn't know this relative very well, uh, but this relative has remembered you in their will and they have left you an inheritance. And it's not, well, you know, here's a couple hundred dollars, there you go. No, you have been left assets that are valued in the millions and millions of dollars because you didn't know that uh, your... Your relative owned property on oil fields that are now just churning out money or your, your uh, relative had actually invented something where royalties will be coming in until long after your debt. But for some reason now you are responsible and blessed with millions and millions of dollars. Yet you've gone from not just where you are to rich, but to a, another category that I like to refer to as filthy stinking rich, right? You, you're just so so rich. You've got so much money that you couldn't possibly begin to spend it. Uh, you are now in this new category. Well, I want you to know today that if you are a Christian, you have an inheritance that is much better than that. And if you belong to Christ, you have now crossed over into another category. You are unimaginably rich. And so I want you to think about that as we start the book of Ephesians today. And this first chapter is nothing short of amazing. And it points us towards all that we have in Christ. And I want us to think about all that we have in Christ. And I want us to think about how that should affect uh, just how we view life, how we think, and even how you live today. Because think, if you did, uh, if you did get an inheritance worth millions of dollars, uh, do you think you would live differently? Do you think you would uh, think differently? Uh, if, you know, instead of, well, how are we going to pay for college for our kids? Or, you know, how are we going to afford a new car? Or how are we going to pay this bill? None of that is a concern anymore uh, because you've got so much money, you could handle all of those things. And, and so let's, let's look at what we have in Christ. And what I want to do is I want to read verses 3 through 14, which in the Greek is really this one massive run-on sentence, uh, just covering so much of what we have in Christ. Uh, it says in Ephesians 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of of his glory. So let's just think about some of the things that we see in there, some of the riches that you have. Uh, One there is that God has uh, chosen you uh, to uh, be holy and blameless before him, chose you before uh, the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless, which if you are a Christian, if you belong to Christ, I know being holy and blameless is one of your greatest desires. You're going to get there. Because that's what Jesus has chosen for you. And he has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. He has adopted us, it says, in love. He predestined us for adoption. You are now a child of God, a child of the King. And also in him, you have redemption through his blood. That's a good reminder of the cost. You don't have redemption through your works. You don't have redemption through your effort. You have redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. And what does that uh, redemption result in? The forgiveness of our trespasses. All your sins are forgiven in Christ. And then it talks about the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. Uh, What an amazing thing that is. And it then speaks of the inheritance that we have, which we'll see more of in a second, and also just the guarantee that we have. We have the spirit. We have this guarantee. We have this seal for our souls. So do you realize how filthy, stinking rich you are? Do you get a sense of that as we read God's word today? Now I want you to Think about how you should think differently as a result of that. And that gets us really then based on that just overflow run on sentence of how blessed we are in Christ. Paul goes on to pray for the Ephesians. And as we start the book of Ephesians, we're doing this because this is another letter that's known as a prison epistle, likely written by Paul in prison in Rome in that time at the end of the book of Acts that we have now read. And so he is praying for Uh, them. And he's asking, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I think that's connected. And and that's that's my prayer for you today, is that you would uh, have your eyes open and that you would have the spirit, the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know God and that you may know how much you truly have in him. And then verse 18, that you'd have the eyes of your heart opened so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Do you understand that? Do you understand how rich you are? 
And I'm praying that the eyes of your heart would be open so that you wouldn't be dominated in your thoughts by troubles of today or concerns about tomorrow, but that you would dominate in your thoughts by saying, I'm rich. I am so rich in Christ. And I have an inheritance coming that is beyond my wildest imagination and nobody can take it away from me because I have this seal, this guarantee, this promise of the Holy Spirit. And that based on those things, I would live today with, not with doubt, not with weakness, but with power, power according to God's might. It says that the same power is working in us that that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him in the heavenly places. Uh, That's the power that's working in you today. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you are as rich as you are? I mean, imagine uh, that you get that letter from that attorney, you get that inheritance, and yet you're still, you know, on your lunch break, uh, driving through and getting the value menu at Burger King to save a few pennies, right? Uh, That's not thinking like you're rich. Uh, You know, think about, oh man, I got to get that newspaper and clip out all of those coupons for the next time I go to the grocery store. No, you're rich. You don't need to think that way anymore. And as we think through all that we have in Christ, may we think like we are rich. And again, not in a material sense, but in a spiritual sense. We are rich beyond our wildest imaginations. And there is a new earth and there is a kingdom coming that will be a real place and you will experience blessing there in the new world, in the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when it comes in its fullness. So understand how rich you are in Christ today. Let that affect your thinking today. And I hope Ephesians 1 blesses you as much as it blessed me. Now, we also start another book today, the book of Hosea. And Hosea is the first in what we often refer to as the minor prophets or the the book of the 12, these 12 prophetic books that end our Old Testament. And Hosea is one of the more famous of these because maybe you've heard, oh yeah, that's the guy that had to marry a prostitute. That's that prophet. And it says here that he ministered in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And so now we're coming back to Hosea because we've now read about all those kings. His ministry was spread out. So some of the things we'll even see today refer backwards. Um, But you see that famous illustration, how Hosea is told to marry a prostitute and have children with her and that even that wife leaves and he is instructed to bring her back. And that's all a picture for the nation of Israel. And often we think of sin as spiritual adultery. And Hosea reminds us, no, when we sin, when we abandon God and we pursue idols, it's actually worse than spiritual adultery. It's actually spiritual prostitution. We are selling ourselves and our worship to gain something. And you get a sense of that notice in chapter two, where it's talking about how he will punish the unfaithfulness of his wife. And this is God really speaking about Israel um, because, you know, she was going after her lovers. And in verse five, it says, for their mother has played the whore and she has conceived them 
she who conceived them has acted shamefully, for she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water and my wool and my flax and my oil and my drink. I'm going to go pursue these idols because they are going to give me what I need. That's spiritual prostitution. And that's where idolatry might look a little different in our culture than it did in Hosea's, but that's what people do today. They go and they pursue idols and they sell themselves and they worship these idols and commit spiritual prostitution because they think, well, these idols will give me what I need. Money will give me what I need. Power will give me what I need. Pleasure will give me what I need. Or idolizing even good things like the perfect family or uh, the the perfect job. Uh, You you know, those become idols thinking that will give me what I need. If I had the perfect family, then I would be content. Then I would be happy. But God's going to frustrate these efforts. And it says in verse eight, and she did not know that it was I who gave her the grain, the wine, and the oil, and who lavished on her silver and gold, which they used for Baal. God's saying, you don't need these idols. You don't need these lovers because I'm the one who takes care of you. I always have. I always will. I'm the one who provides for you. So you don't need to abandon me to run after these idols because I will give you everything that you need. And that's where I think Hosea actually intersects very nicely uh, for us today with Ephesians 1. You don't need to pursue idols today. You don't need to trust in anything else but the Lord today because in God, you have everything you need. You are unimaginably rich. Ephesians has reminded us all that we have in Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.